Welcome to another episode. Today, we get to actually talk to you about technology, trends for 2021, things that you want to pay attention to, AI, um, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, AU, uh, virtual showings, tours, and then a little bit about smart home. And then we even give in a little taste of cybersecurity in this session. I really hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the E-Professor Real Estate Podcast. My name is Justin Lethby, and I'm a realtor, trainer, and coach. My sole purpose here is to take my many years in real estate, as well as my even many more years as a trainer, and get you to your goals and beyond. I'm going to do this by talking about business, growth development, branding, marketing, you know, basically all successful things that entrepreneurs are doing today. And hey, since I'm your tech guy, there's going to be tech thrown in here as well. So let's go. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, This is the professor. We're talking with Craig Grant today. We are talking with one of the foremost speakers, trainers, on technology today. Uh, he knows cybersecurity. He does a lot with training and really what we're going to talk about today and probably not get in the weeds, but get a little details on is just kind of what we're going to talk about is tech trends, right? What do we see happening with 2020? What it looks like for 2021? Just those kind of conversations, because I think it's going to matter because we're in a pandemic (laughs) and we don't know what's going to change. We don't know how that's going to go, but we do have thoughts, predictions, and things like that. So I think me and Craig are just going to kind of talk back and forth and see how that goes. Craig, anything I missed as an introduction, anything you want to add or say on your behalf there? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, read off my credentials bio kind of a guy. So, nope, I'm good. <laughs> nope, that's good. So, I guess, you know, my first question is going to be this. Obviously, the pandemic has changed certain things. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big video. I've been a big yeah. internet fan for way longer than this. I think people are jumping on board now, um, kind of arm twisted into it. Not that they're a fan of, but they're, they're, they're coming, they're coming around, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I guess my question to be is, Beyond the video, because I think we're kind of there, but I think there's still going to be a conversation that way. What do you think are the trends that we are seeing end of this year, starting next year, all the way through 2021? What do you think we're going to see some of the big tech hits that we got to pay attention to as real estate professionals? Um, Well, I think the first thing is, and and these things aren't to me new. Um, I've been trying to push realtors for several years now to do way more video, to do more virtual showings and stuff like that. But um, I think with the pandemic, um, let's say a realtor had a 10-year window before they had to do everything virtually. I think that's been cut in a third. I think it's down to like, you got to do this now. um, And if you don't adopt to it soon, you're going to kind of get left behind because um, and I can just tell you from my own personal experience, like I actually sold my house in March, literally the weekend the pandemic shut down the country is the weekend I sold my house. Uh, and then I moved in May and it was challenging where, you know, as a buyer trying to get into homes where some of the property owners did not want me to come see their house. And I was like, okay, then show it to me virtually. 
and a lot of them weren't equipped. The realtors weren't equipped to do so. Uh, but I think things like you know virtual floor plans, um, you know the Matterport kind of a model or magic yeah. plan, that kind of stuff, I think is going to be just common. Uh, I think the way ten years ago, if you didn't have photos in the MLS, you were getting fined and in trouble. I think it's going to be the same way with floor plans and virtual tours for the next few years. Yeah, I was a big fan when Matterport came out three years ago. Well, shoot, they've been out four years ago. A while, but <laughs> um, they, I was a big fan of them because I was actually a guy. I've been a tech trainer for over twenty five years, and yeah. I was working with engineering facilities. So I was working with the military at one point in time that was actually doing 3D scans of their submarines. So this technology has been around for a long, long time. We've seen it recently, you know, probably popularity last four years. It's been around for a lot longer, but Matterport's a, I'm a big fan of not only for what you just said from viewing, but specifically what you said from the 3D layout, right? We get to now have a floor plan out there that is as accurate as anything else that you're going to see that's done electronically, not by Absolutely. hand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the days of having to try to, a buyer trying to stitch together a property in their mind, looking at a slideshow of photos, that ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? Like someone <laughs> wants to be able to walk the property, feel the property and know, you know, the size of the rooms and that, it, the you know, the views out the windows. And you can't do that with a photo slideshow. You really can't. What I am amazed right now that we haven't seen more of is I know Matterport works with Oculus and other mm-hmm. uh, portals, you know, 3D v- viewing portals. I'm surprised yeah. that hasn't happened yet, but I do suspect that's going to happen soon. I have said, and I'm yeah. curious where your take is on this. I have said to many realtors right now, our handshake in the business is just getting a little bit further along the line, right? Yep. Um, when I first started, I started real estate in 2006. They pretty much had to come to me to search for homes. There was portals out mm-hmm. there, but they weren't really there yet. Yes. Um, now people can look online. Well, now they want to go see what it feels like in mm-hmm. real person. They got their five homes they want to see. Now they want to go look at it. Yeah. Well, now you've got 3D viewing tools that pushes us a little further down the road, right? Yep. So, how with that? Do you see that being a, do you agree or do you disagree? Do you think that's the case? Do you think our handshake is just getting, I mean, it's not that we're not needed. We're just getting a little further in the process. Um, well, if you're, I mean, I think you're asking a couple different questions there. I mean, first of all, um, if you're asking about, you know, stuff like virtual reality, do I think it's going to be a big thing of it next year? No. Do I think it's going to be a huge thing five to 10 from now? Absolutely. Sure. Sure, sure, um, sure. And to me, it's all about adoption of the actual headsets. Like augmented reality is already heavily in the real estate world, mm-hmm. but virtual reality still requires the headset or gloves or whatever. Uh, and the amount of people that have them is still pretty small. You know what I mean? I mean, you look at Oculus, they're probably the industry leader and they probably have only sold a million units. So you're not looking at like huge adoption rates on the consumer side of the headsets. Like, you know, there's the old joke, you know, the person who had the first person who ever had the fax machine was completely used until the second person with the fax machine came along. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're doing with virtual reality. But I think 10 years from now, when they can kind of boil it down to not having a headset, like, like Google's already been working on like class technology for, yeah. you know, and a lot of other vendors are where you wouldn't have to have a gigantic headset. It could just be a simple pair of glasses. And I think, and, and they even have a patent in for it on a contact lens. Yeah, I mean, when you have that kind of technology in the consumer's end, I think virtu- everything, every property is going to be virtual reality. Um, but as of right now, augmented reality is definitely huge. Um, you know, doing these whole virtual floor plans. And then the other side of it is, I think you asked, um, what was the other part of it again? Like you're asking really about the realtor side of things. 
Well, I just, for me, it's the, it's more of the adoption of that, right? Because I feel yeah. like it will happen. I just feel like the handshake is going to happen a little bit further down the road, right? Because yeah. now people can, they can, they can get a better sense, not a complete sense, but a better sense. So I just think we got to be aware of that. So we know how to handle the conversation when it's ready or Absolutely. how to get in front of them earlier. Absolutely. So they're already talking. Yeah. About. I mean, the, the, the phase of the, the realtor saying, I'll do all the work for you. I'll do, I'll find everything. I'll do the research. I think that's over. The customer these days wants to be heavily involved, uh, but also you can be completely misled by things mm-hmm. with technology. I mean, I just <laughs> give an example of the house I bought. I mean, love my house now, but it needed major work. Uh, and if I looked at the photos online, the flooring looked good in the photos I got there. I was like, and literally the, my flooring, uh, people that ended up doing my flooring were laughing about how horrible the flooring was. <laughs> I mean, like they were calling their friends that you wouldn't believe how bad these floors are. Um, but you can't, to me, the buying it all without the realtor, buying it online, that's, I don't think going to change much over the next few years. And now I buy and could eat into things. Um, but right. I think the handshake part and the realtor need to be involved and, and really, really, you know, guiding the customer through the process is probably more valuable now than ever. I completely agree. I, there are so many things that people are assuming, you know, because everything in Wikipedia is true. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we that, that's the problem we're fighting with, right? I mean, that's the problem that we fight with is is misinformation. And whether it's intentional or not is is a totally different conversation. Yep. But um, I do think that's what we need to be aware of because they feel like they know what they're stepping into. As you just gave a great example for yourself, not always. Right. And, right. and you are a professional that <laughs> you kind of know what you're stepping into. Right. Exactly. Um, well, it's not just that. I mean, like in real estate, we don't really have to worry about the Wikipedia effect, but we right. do have to worry about the Zillow effect and mm-hmm. the HGTV effect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> like, first of all, Zillow misleads consumers left and right on pricing and information like you know, listings aren't even on the market and everything. And then you get the HGTV effect and you get, oh, you know, what do you mean you couldn't sell my house in, in a week? And what do you mean, you, I, you know, I, I should you should bring me the three perfect homes right away. Right. Just pick one of three. So there's a lot of unrealistic expectations that the media creates, you know, oh, I can revamp this entire kitchen for eight thousand dollars. No, you can't. Um, <laughs> right. No, absolutely. But those kind of factors were you're always up against. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's always huge. It's, it's, it's the information. So I guess. You know, the one trend we talked about is augmented reality, which is, you know, the floor plans. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you can go in a lot of different ways because virtual staging, virtual staging, a lot of yep. conversations like that. What would be another thing that you think we need to be aware of going into 2021 that we need to? Because one of my, I, I guess I'll, I don't know if I'll lead it this way, but you can go a different route. Sure. Communication is my biggest concern right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like we got to find a way to communicate with them quicker. Yeah. I think there are tools for us to do this. I'm curious where your take is on that. I agree 100% with you. Um, and it's crazy. I talk about it all the time. We have so many amazing advancements with communication over the last 15, 20 years, whether it's text messaging, CRMs to stay organized, and all these different tools we have now to communicate. And yet every single year in the NAR studies, communication is <laughs> number one complaint with consumers. It still is. Um and I don't know if it's just because realtors are so fragmented with so many activities they're doing that they don't do a really good job keeping their customers up to date, uh, but it's still the number one complaint they have. So I, I am, I'm huge on that. When I teach coach realtors, I'm always talking about, you know, you need to make sure you identify your customer's communication needs, their expectations, and you're meeting those expectations. Because I mean, these days, I mean, if a, the real mindset of today's consumer 
is they really think that today's realtor is kind of lazy sitting around doing nothing and waiting for the phone to ring. And they don't realize the typical realtor grinds 24 hours a day and is working nights and weekends. Yeah, I mean, but it's that mindset of, oh, I did all the research. I found the house. What did you do? And, you know, I haven't heard from you in a week. They really do think that most realtors aren't working hard, even though we know they are. So are, what is your opinion about folks that are automating some of that process for communication? I think it's necessary, but at the same time, um, it shouldn't be what you completely rely on. You know what I mean? Like having just a automated drip campaign, uh, outgoing text blast, whatever is completely fine, but you still need to make actual effort. Um, and, and in fact, one of the huge things that I coach is these days, I think relationships is more important than ever building an actual friendship with your customer. Um, and if it's, that's not sending them a postcard once a year, it's not, it's reaching out to them. It's, it's actually staying in their lives as friends so automated messages are good to me as a supplement, but that shouldn't be what you rely on. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That has always been one of my biggest topics in training uh, as mm-hmm. well as coaching as well is it, this is way we are in a relationship business. Uh, we actually yep. were just helping finishing off the e-pro class not too long ago. And when yep. we were teaching the last version of this, the only thing I always told people is, is you know, we've we've moved from where it has been you know, agent focused, and now we were property focused for a while. It's not even that anymore. It's it's consumer focused. We have to right. be about the consumer at this point in time. And anything in any way we're communicating, any technology we're using to communicate needs to be on that venue. Absolutely. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, all of them are people focused or not a product focus. Although yep. there's lots of advertisements. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the thing that you got to, and I get hundred percent, but the thing you got to like understand is this is not a real estate exclusive thing. When you talk about the lack of loyalty amongst consumers, you know what I mean? Um, and the analogy that I always use is if today's consumer can save a dollar on Amazon versus buying it locally, they do it every single time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even save them a dollar, but it saves them the hassle of having to drive into the store and dealing with a person. They do it every time. Like there's a reason why Amazon has wiped out almost every retail sector. Right. Uh, because these days it's about convenience and cost to most customers and real estate customers are no different. They really do figure out how can I not pay the full commission? You know, like, you know, you think you work with a customer exclusively, you find out they're playing with three other realtors at the same time. Like the loyalty factors really wiped out unless you build friendships. So that's why to me, it all goes back to those relationships and friendships and technology in some ways can hurt that. I mean, if all you do, like going back to your previous thing if all you're doing is sending out a drip campaign once it, you know, to people, which people know is spammy, or you're just sending them a postcard once a year and they, everyone, they know everyone else got the same postcard, that's doing zero for relationships. It really, really isn't. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I do think, you know, this is a technology-focused particular podcast, but yeah. I do think that you nailed it so well on that one because some of the best technology is you, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just, just get on the phone, make that phone call. Right. But, it, but it's not just that. I mean, you can use your social media presence yeah. as that relationship builder and staying in their lives. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about, you know, just becoming their friend and then never engaging with them. I'm talking about you can engage with your customers through social media on a consistent basis. Like, hey, how's it going? Or just like button click every once in a while. It keeps you top of mind because if you if they don't hear from you after the transaction and, you know, it's just like a once a year kind of a thing, it's like, oh, OK. And they throw it in the garbage. But if you're top of mind with them, whether it's in person, getting together with them through social media or a combination, or I teach a lot of what's called relationship-based marketing, how to actually use marketing 
to build the friendships through marketing. I mean, that to me is where you get your your return you're looking for. Yeah, and I love that. I do. I love watching some of that stuff when you talk about the relationship marketing because I think that's I've been a I've been a fan and a uh, a bandwagon jumper on that one for a long yeah. time. Um, I, I think it's the best way to do it. Um, it does take a little bit of effort because you got to know your audience just a little bit better. Yeah. But I think it steps down that way. So let me ask you to stick on the communication. And since we are just trying to keep this a little tech focused, what mm-hmm. are, are there tools that you are seeing that are going to be the player next year or even right now that are more than anything? Like, are you seeing anything different or is it just the same old, same old? I mean, that's, um, that's- I, I mean, I'll put it this way. Every now we even have too many in-person conventions this year, <laughs> but anytime I go to a convention, I'm always going through those, you know, those right. floors, um, you know, looking at vendor products, looking for something that wows me. And I don't usually find much like it is a lot of repeat and rinse. It's the, a lot of the same tools. So, I mean, you know, every realtor needs a CRM. There's that's not anything revolutionary, but you know, that's to me is the one tool every realtor needs. Um, and then when you get into outside of that, you know, you start looking at other pieces. I don't, I haven't seen anything brand new um, other than in the cyberspace, like cybersecurity, right. yeah. um, which you're seeing a lot more finally being done there because on, and I say it all the time, the real estate industry has been neglecting cybersecurity for years and it's, it, hopefully it's not going to lead to the train wreck I'm, I'm assuming it's going into, but that it, that's the reality is you're seeing a lot more happening in that space, but I haven't seen, you know, any revolutionary products now. now there's some that have been totally improved. Like I'm a huge fan of uh, magic plan. I mean, the yeah. technology that is, and that's kind of grown in leaps and bounds. Like you used to, it used to be very tricky to use. Now it just does everything with AI and picks up doors, picks up windows and measurements almost by itself. Um, you know I mean, so yeah, I don't know if there's any specific tools outside of that now live streaming, you know, uh, is, is definitely become a big, big deal. It's not really a tool, but it's something that should be in every realtor's toolbox is live streaming open houses, live streaming properties, you know, out the social media, getting bigger eyeballs on it. Cause these days it's all about exposure. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, th- I think as far as that goes, um, communication, and doing that, I haven't seen anything new either. I was, I was hoping I was going to get a nugget because I'm going, I'm dying for something. Not necessarily, you know, let's say it, it breaks all barriers, but I'm just dying for something that's looking at this from a different window. And you just haven't seen it in a long I mean, time. Well, I mean, I could throw in, I mean, it's not really a tool, um, but I have seen some very kind of cool new products or services coming out. Like um, there's one called the Genie. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Heard it. haven't played with it yet. It's the website's thegenie.ai. Um, and what it does, it's pretty impressive product. Um, Facebook advertising is where most realtor marketing dollars are going these days. Um, and if you follow Facebook advertising, you know, over the last year or two, it's become very, very restrictive, especially because of fair housing. And one of the biggest restrictions that Facebook has put in is they removed the ability to really zero down to the street level. You used to be able to like pick houses. Now you got to do a five mile radius. Right. Well, in the real estate world, five miles is everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could be in the ghetto and in the mansions within five miles easily. Oh, easily. Um, so what the genie does, it's pretty impressive. First, you, your first piece of it is you're able to kind of analyze different neighborhoods in your market to see what is the realtor penetration in those neighborhoods. So in other words, is it even worth your time trying to market in a certain neighborhood? Um, then once you pick the neighborhood you want to market in, you're, they're able to basically take a 
database list of all those households and run a targeted Facebook ad campaign for those neighbor for those households. Um, so you're no longer worried about, you know, the five mile radius, you can get down to the exact neighborhood marketing you want with it. And then it kicks out like, and it creates the content for you, like, you know, sales data for that neighborhood, demographics of that neighborhood that you can post out the social media on a consistent basis. So you're doing like targeted ad campaigns to the street level of a neighborhood with content for people to live in that neighborhood that they want of their own home, own own neighborhood. So Pretty cool. that's interesting. So you're saying this is almost a step beyond like zip realty and what remind is doing currently. Right. Yes. So they're just doing the predictive analytics thing. I think I know who's going to sell. Yeah. You're saying we know who these people are. Let's market to them specifically. It's been, yeah. Cause it's basically taken kind of similar to what smart zip is doing. They're taking like direct mail, like how you can target the households and then applying that to Facebook advertising. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. That's awesome. I did not know that was happening right now. Yeah. That one, that's, that's been one of the few that have kind of wowed me over the last year or two. I was like, when I saw the demo of that one, I was like, nice. Because the biggest issue most people have is a lot of times you run an ad campaign and it's not targeted enough because of those limitations. Any fair housing concerns with that? No, because you're not excluding. Okay, perfect. I mean, you're basically targeting a geographic area, but you're not doing any exclusions based on income level or anything like that. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I love that. That's awesome. So, and that helps. And again, that, you know, if you do it right and you do it, that is going to go back to what you're talking about before for that relationship marketing, which is, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So don't want to step away from that too far, but I do want to step a little bit in that same direction because you mentioned AI. And I Mm -hmm. think that's probably to me, the most interesting category of topics right now, because again, you saw smart zip and they've been out for several years. Remind's been recent relatively, Mm -hmm. but more are doing the predictive analytics, right? HomeSnap just jumped into that. You know, you got all these people saying, I think I can tell you who are the people going to sell in your area. Yeah. Is there, besides the predictive analytics of who's going to sell, is there any other, I mean, you just named one genie AI that's doing that, but is there any other areas that you think AI is going to jump into in real estate? That's going to be a player anytime soon. Yes. Um, Customer service and chatbots, um, and you're even starting to see some CRMs incorporating AI into it, um, so you can really truly identify which leads are the right leads to follow up on. Uh, but chatbots, they're they're kind of a love hate thing because sometimes they're good and sometimes they're so obviously a computer chatting with you, it can be frustrating to some customers. <laughs> but I think that's here to stay, and I think I think the pandemic has as. Uh, sped up the chat bot world more than anything. Like before the pandemic, you were able to get a lot of, a lot of companies on the phone. Now it's just push you into a chat bot. So you can't really speak to a human being. So you're seeing more and more of that. Um, and that's of course happening in real estate as well. Well, and see to me, that's interesting because the chat bots first from when I first remember them came on phone, right? You made the phone call. Okay. Tell me who you want to talk to. Right. Tell me if they're this category. Tell me if they're this category, you blah, 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 blah. And you fit, you spend five minutes to answering questions so you could wait an hour to get the right person. Exactly. <laughs> um, the chat bots are doing the same thing, but I think you nailed it on that one because early on I could, I would just hang up on the chat bots essentially because I went, Oh, you're, you're a bot. I'm not worrying about you. Right. I'll admit I've gotten caught. And I'm not a big fan of getting caught by them, but I get caught going, okay, I'll answer these questions. Oh, okay, this is, uh, and it's, oh, shoot, you just asked the same question a second time in a row. Okay, you're not, <laughs> right. you're not, you're Some not real. Good. I'm not going to lie. Like, 
there's that's what I mean. Sometimes they're great, uh, and especially if you ask very pointed questions. But if you start uh, getting too deep into the weeds, like you pretty quickly figure out, all right, you're not a human being. You can't answer. But the good AI chatbots are doing human handoff, where if that bot can't figure it out, then a human being jumps in. You know what I mean? Which is helpful, I think, extremely in the real estate world, right? Because for us, the chatbots, and and I hope people understand this and pay attention to this particular gem, because I think this is huge. You know, if we're doing internet lead generation, we have a a zero limit threshold to respond back to them. Yes. And we need to get there quickly. Well, if I'm working with a client, I can't say, okay, hey, Bob, wait a second. I need to answer this lead. Right. <laughs> you're, you're less important than this lead. Yeah. So I need these solutions that will, for lack of better terms, mimic me, right? Yeah. And get that person and convert it, or at least send them over to me when I can answer them and let them know that I still care and I want to help them out. Right. Yep. Um, so that's huge. I, Facebook's had them for a while. You know, there's tools like ManyChat that I've used every so mm-hmm. often for things like that. There are better ones out there. Usually the better ones cost. Um. So I love that. That's a that's a great point. I think the chatbots are huge. Any other AI? Like I, I still I do love I love the predictive analytics side of things because I think it's interesting to see where computers think the trends are going. Right. I don't know if I have to agree with them, but I do think it's interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the what the whole world is turning into is data. It really, right. really is. I mean, I always say. You know, there's the old saying, you know, if you're not paying for something, you're the customer. No, you, I mean, you're the product. No, it's your data is the product. Uh, in fact, pretty crazy stat is every single day now, 25 septillion bits of data are being collected. Oh, geez. Um, and and I, I didn't even know what that number is until I looked it up. It's like a ridiculous amount of zeros. Um, but and they're saying by 2024, which is what, just three years from now, pretty much. Right. Um, 50% of all Internet traffic is going to be data collection. So. You think about that, double the internet activity three years from now will be just data. Yeah, well, and and it's it's painfully obvious. I know most of us won't pay attention to this, but that data, that data point is huge. And it's also why Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile are going to 5G at a warp speed because they know the data threshold is there. It's also why... um, landline computers and why Google for well, what about seven years ago started adding Google fiber to communities for free mm-hmm. because it's, they're not, they're not, they're generous, but they're not just a generous community, right? They understand that that data has to get traffic in somewhere. And as long as it's coming through my Google fiber, I get all the information. <laughs> well, it wasn't just that there may have been some motive there for that, but the real big reason Google was pushing out fiber was, and this is just the truth. I mean, when you look at internet speeds in America compared to other parts of the world, we're yeah. way behind. Yeah. And it's because our carriers, like they're in this business model where they can just, okay, we'll just improve a little bit each year and we'll slip in a new service and charge you for that new service. Whereas you go to Europe or Asia and they blow us away in internet speeds and features and stuff like that. So that was really Google was trying to push a lot of the internet providers to say, you can't keep doing these slow speeds, you got to step up because we want to push out more stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, 5G um, is going to have a gigantic impact on real estate, especially in smart home technology. Um, because right now, smart home technology is growing like crazy, but the connectivity is the main issue, right? right. Like you have to, 
and a lot of times your devices disconnect or they don't talk to each other really, really well. When 5G is everywhere, it's going to be like you're going to be able to just have everything automated so easily because the data is going to go so much faster. I want to stay from cyber. I want to stay away from cybersecurity today. I do want to have me and you talk about that one point in time because I I know we can get super deep into that one. And that'll yep. take a whole different session. But I, I do think that you just nailed something. I think that does come to play, and I think there's a cybersecurity worry that we have to pay attention to, and that is the smart home, right? Absolutely. I I want to talk about it from two different factors: how much we need to worry about it from this from the cybersecurity side, just briefly, but also how much that is going to change the resale of a house, right? Because that is no longer, for a lot of folks, it's no longer a want. They're looking at the home going, either can I implement what I have or Mm -hmm. is it already there? Can I just have it in the house? I just want the doors already have the locks and I already want that stuff in place. Right. Well, actually, I can tell you one tiny little shameless plug. Um, (laughs) So um, the site I run, RATI.us, um, every Wednesday at three o'clock Eastern, we do free webinars every single week. And just so happily, next week's webinar on the 18th is going to be smart home security, uh, where we're going to be talking about what are the concerns and risks you have with smart home tech, uh, because there are definitely some. I mean, almost all smart home technology either runs through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, which means they're connected to your network. Uh, and what that really means is if you buy devices that don't have proper security in the device itself, um, it's they can hack and take over your entire network very, very easily. So in other words, if you have a smart door lock, they can unlock your door. They can turn off your security system. They can do whatever they want um, if you don't have the proper security in place with your smart home tech. So it is a concern, um, but it is something that's easily addressable. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and then the other side of it is you're talking about the resale value side. Um, at this point, re- when it comes to smart home technology, it's really ju- unless you go nuts, unless you go like with whole home automation with stuff like a control four or, you know, like one of those major systems that controls the whole property. Um, there's really no value, at least on the appraisal side for smart home tech. You know what I mean, now there is some kind of intrinsic value to the buyer of, oh, this house has some cool tech in it. Uh, they might, you know, that might be a little bit better on the marketing and the sales side, but an appraiser is not going to come in and say, oh, you have a smart doorbell and you have a security system, I'm going to increase your price by 50,000. That's not happening. I Uh, wish. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Unless you go whole home, that's a whole different story if you go whole home automation. Right. And usually that's a whole different conversation because there's very few, unless it's, you know, luxury homes. I haven't seen it on, I I will say average homes. I've seen it more luxury homes where you're seeing the whole home smart features designed and everything's built in. Yeah. Almost feels like the Jetson when you walk in some of them. Um, just to go back on what you said, I do laugh because although it, again it's easier, it's easily rectified. It's really just having a secure router and stuff like that. But uh, I've read articles where hotels were held ransom because someone hacked them, and now people couldn't get in, in and out of the rooms, right? Until they paid the ransomware for yep. it. So well, beyond your router, I mean, when you buy smart home devices, um, and, and again, this is what we're going to cover in next week's webinar, but when you buy an actual smart home device, that device's security is extremely important. And there's so many devices. Like if you buy like a no-name knockoff device, um, like smart light bulbs, you don't know the manufacturer, the odds are you do not even have the ability to change the passwords on it. Right. Um, you know, you just plug them in and they work right away. Well, if you can't change the password, that means it's a default password and it's hacked in two seconds. So 
you really, when you're buying stuff like smart home technology, you got to stick to the big, big companies, the Googles, the Amazons of the world, because they build in QR codes, set up functionality and stuff like that, where you can go in and configure things to make sure they're secure. But a lot of these little cheapies don't have that kind of those options. Yeah, the Amazon special stay away from is really <laughs> the bottom yeah, line. Unless it's, unless it's Amazon, like if it's right. Ring or if it's, you know, right. one of those, that's a whole different story. Right. But if it's like, you know, oh, I can buy this smart light bulb for $2 and it's normally 50 Yeah, <laughs> XYZ company that's selling them for a quarter of a pen, you know, a quarter to the dollar is not going yep. to want to do. Um, yep. Yeah, and I think that's always good. And I would recommend, I'm going to give you here in, in probably a couple minutes here, let you plug away. That's part of the deal for this when you do these things is let you have your fun because I want this to be beneficial for everybody. Cool. But, Appreciate it. Um, so smart homes, you don't see, I guess that's my nerd. I get excited because I think those are intrinsic values that are out there, but I guess that's me getting too nerdy because I love it. I look at my house and I am all decked out. I built yeah. everything myself. I, you know, I can turn on things from anywhere I want. Right. <laughs> um, so you're saying no to that. Are you? No, I don't. I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Say no. Let's say from an appraiser value. Right. right. Now, and by the way, there's also the generational aspect. You know what I mean? Um, like if you look at home, uh, smart home ownership by generation, the younger the customer is, the more likely they already have it or want it. The older the customer is, the more senior they are, the likelihood they might not even want it because might, they might think it's too confusing or whatever. Um, so there, that all factors into it. But I was just saying, like, you're not going to be able to increase yeah, the price just because smart home tech. It, it, it breaks my heart, but I do get it. I understand. They're not, yeah. there's no value for it. Right <laughs> yeah. Um, but is there any uh, is there any tech right now you're seeing that is having a an effect on homes? Like for instance, Kansas City, they intre- they increased their values because Google added fiber that increased mm-hmm. values throughout the area. Are you seeing something else in the tech realm that that is going to help people, or is it mostly just internet speeds right now? If they have the highest internet speeds in the area, it's going to help them be more desirable. I mean, are you seeing anything? I'm not seeing anything. I'm just curious if you are. I'm not. I mean, most smart home technology is about uh, convenience and efficiency. You know what I mean? Right. Um, now, again, if you go whole home automation, control for, you know, any of those right. kinds of systems. Yeah. Then you could jump your price up. Then you're talking about a high end luxury market. Um, but typically, no, you're not seeing, you know, like if you buy a smart toilet, it's not going to increase that value. Um, you know, just just an example. Um but there's so much cool. I mean, every inch of the household now has smart home options, really. I mean, uh, and, and by the way, the other thing, and I'm going to talk about this next week's webinar, you got to also understand, um, is smart home appliance manufacturers, their warranties are terrifying when it comes to smart home technology. They really, right. really are. Like, if you buy a smart refrigerator, you're forking out double the price of a normal refrigerator. Uh, and they will not, it's in their small, small print they will not guarantee updates to that refrigerator more than two or three years. Right. So three years after spending $5,000 on a refrigerator, it could stop updating and also become a security risk. So, you know what I mean? Well, like there are certain things you got to be careful of buying. It's the same thing I say with TVs all the time. You know, you can't even buy a TV anymore without being considered a smart TV. Right. But you, you talk about from two perspectives. You just talked about from a cybersecurity perspective that you're not going to get updates on that stuff because TVs have the same issues. They don't update mm-hmm. after a while. Yep. I just look at it from the other regards that our technology is updating at such a pace right now Yes, that that hardware built in that machine can't keep up with it. So you in two, three years, you've bought a device that can't handle what you want to be able to consume on the TV anymore because it just can't it can't 
can't yeah. handle the bandwidth anymore. Right. Um, I have concerns with that because they haven't built modular systems. I mean, they've tried to build a modular phone and that failed miserably, although I like the concept of it. Yeah. I think all these devices should be more modular. That stuff should be able to be pulled in, pulled out, re, you know, manufactured for a couple hundred bucks. But obviously they don't want to. It's better to sell a $5,000 yeah, device than a $200 device. That's not, that's not their business model. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, repeat and rinse, right? So yep. it's what it is. Um, okay. So a little talk, I just want to go back to the big data perspective because I want to make sure everybody understands this because I think it's where it's at, right? It's what we're dealing with. We have MLSs all over the country. Uh, you know, Zillow is has the, the data and data and data. Absolutely. How do we as agents need to be taking advantage of what we have? Because I think one of the things that we miss out on and, and I think we don't see it necessarily is that we have a huge wealth of data at our fingertips at all times that I don't think we're aware of. So how can we best take advantage of that today? All right. So first, um, some of the better CRMs are starting to incorporate uh, data and AI into those CRMs to help you make better uh, decisions in your business and to optimize your marketing communication, stuff like that. So some some of the tools in the business are already using it. Um, and then you start looking at, like you've mentioned, Remind, Smart Zip. Um, you know, there are a lot of companies now that are doing all this data collection and then allowing you to use that data to spin around and make better marketing decisions. Right. Um, so I don't know if you'll, I don't know if we're going to get to the point where the individual realtor or the real estate company is really doing the data collection themselves, but a lot of our vendors are starting to incorporate this technology in. So what questions should they be asking, right? So if I'm looking for a CRM, what are those questions I should be asking today with that concern that I do need to have that information so I know I'm picking the right one? Again, you know, I can get as extremely complicated or extremely simple as I need. And, you know, for us as realtors, most of us aren't the big old nerds in the room. Most of us can't look at the software and go, okay, I know how this works. Yeah. Unfortunately, I am that nerd, but most of us are yeah. not that nerd. Right. Um, well, first of all, CRM I say it all the time. It might be the most confusing and challenging decision a realtor has to make because it ends up running your entire business. And a modern CRM is way different than it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. You go back five years ago, they were really just contact managers with you know drip email built in. And modern CRMs are incorporating so many other tools and integrations to make it where it almost becomes your dashboard to run your whole business out of it. Whether it's your inbound and outbound communications, um, whether it's financial tracking and compliance and lead generation and everything. I mean, modern CRMs do everything. Uh, Now, shameless plug number two (laughs) uh, is realizing that a CRM is such a complicated process to do. Um, What we did on my RETI site, and nobody else in the industry ever thought about this, uh, but we built out what we called a CRM generator. And what it basically is, is first, we did a webinar series with all the top CRM vendors in the industry. And we basically said, demo and show us your product and all the cool things it does. And then we would kind of pick it apart and ask questions during the demos, right? So, of course, we recorded those. Uh, and then we made those vendors fill out a questionnaire that told us exactly what features their system has and doesn't have and what products and services it integrates with. And then we took their little survey and turned into an eight-question questionnaire on our site. So all a realtor really has to do is answer eight questions and at the end of it, it ranks all those vendors from best to worst based on their own personal input. Awesome. 
Yeah. And then you can click into each vendor's profile, learn about them, watch their videos, and even schedule appointments with them. So it kind of takes that what might be months of research, maybe down to a few days, because then you could just set up demos maybe with your top five and see which one out of the five makes the most sense. But CRMs are so personalized. I mean, they really are. What features are you looking for? You know, how is your business flow and stuff like that? And that's why we built that system. And I'm glad you did, because to be honest with you, that was one of the steps I was starting to be in the process of. And then someone said, hey, by the way, why don't you go check that out? I went, good, it's done. I don't got to worry yeah. about it. It's a huge time saver. It really is. Um, and it's great. And, and it is awesome. Um, not a shameless plug, because I think it's extremely useful. I think that tool helps a lot of folks at least take that step towards the right direction of mm-hmm. the products they need to be looking at. Correct. Um, because thing, I mean, if you start off with a field of 50, right, how are you going to make that decision? Right. But if you can whittle it down to four or five, that's a whole different story. And that's really well, what the tool is meant for. And again, I always laugh. I don't I won't get it this year because we don't have the conventions to go to. I get it every year, right about this time of year, saying, I just saw these five packages. Which one should I pick? And I sit there and I go, Those are the wrong questions right now. You gotta ask Correct. these first these first five questions before you even get that one down, right? It's exactly it's the wrong avenue. So I won't get that this year. It's a little disappointed because one, I can't refer them to you. Two, yeah. two I, th- I think it's disappointing because I do think there are products out there that need to be mentioned and it's, and it's harder to find them right now. Yes. Well, the other thing is, if you if you directly contact a CRM vendor, let's say you contact Wise Agent, LionDesk, whoever it is, and you contact them, and no disrespect to any of them, okay, you're speaking to a salesperson right. who is paid to sell their product. Um, so they're not going to tell you, well, here's what our system doesn't do, Right. Uh, so that's why we built that CRM generator again, because it kind of removes the salesperson aspect and says, what are the features you want? Which systems have those features? Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's a great tool. It is, it is totally awesome. All right. I don't want to keep it. I think this was a great topic and we threw a lot of stuff in a very short period of time. (laughs) Um, so let me ask you this. There's any other thing that we kind of hit on or didn't hit on that you said, this would be a good thing to talk about. Let's talk about it. If you got something. Um, I mean, I think if you're, if it, what should be focused on in 2021 sure. kind of a deal, yeah. Yeah. um, to me, social media, live streaming video and video in general from the marketing side of things are the must. I mean, they really, really are. I mean, there's always ancillary things. Could you be doing other marketing activities? Definitely. Um, but you get so many more eyeballs on a live stream video versus a recorded one for free. And that's your goal. Um, so you you got to take advantage of those and think more like an event planner. In other words, you should be pre-scheduling open houses, pre-scheduling showings through live streaming, kind of like we're doing here. Yep. Um, that should be done just about every single time because all you want to do is sell your properties faster. You know what I mean? Um, and then on the tool side, I mean, we've talked about a CRM, but if you don't have a CRM or maybe you have one, the average realtor might use 5 to 10% of the functionality of their CRM and they really don't go in and really put in the information to each person's profile to make it worthwhile. So if you don't have one, my recommendation would be to get one. If you have one, maybe to invest some time into it. So that way, you know, you're really getting the best functionality that you're paying for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then the third big thing, and again, I know we'll talk, we go always talk about it another time, but security, if it's not on your list, needs to be. Um Real estate is now a top five most targeted industry for cybercrime. Uh, and on top of that, the pandemic has kicked in a whole new wave of scams. They really, really have. Um, so the typical realtor does not pay attention to security and it makes you a major target. So, 
That's well, and, and I agree with the security part. And I, and I want to make sure we echo that because there's two there's twofold issues that go on with that. One, you have now made your client's data vulnerable, yep. which is the most critical part of it all. Totally. But the second part is now you got to spend a week, two weeks, three weeks dealing with this when you should be finding business, working with your clients and doing other things. So you're not you're not dealing with it. So add those two factors alone makes almost a killed six months of your life trying to get things fixed and back oh, to yeah. the organization. And, and even if you can get back, right? Right. Your reputation damage. I mean, right. could you ever get your business back, not just your operations back? Right. Probably not. Well, and that's always it too, right? So, I mean, that's always something to be careful of. I, I, and again, I do want to make sure we have we set up a meeting sometime separate to this so we can just get in the weeds on that because I think that's hugely important to talk about. But I, I don't, I want to echo it because pay attention to cybersecurity. And I do agree 2021, I think is going to be an interesting year for that mm-hmm. um, because uh, we're all home. Yes, <laughs> with poor security at home. <laughs> and and looking at all these phony ads on Facebook and looking at all these other different scams and phishing tools that have been out for a while that have been cleaned up and perfected to hit the mm-hmm. home audience right now. Yep. Um, it's, no it's amazing for me how many texts I'm seeing right now going, okay, that's interesting. That's well-written. That's interesting. I know, right? <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun to watch. Um, it's fun for me. I'm the nerd. It's scary to know. Oh, no, but like think. five years ago, if you were teaching security, you used to be able to say, oh, look for things that are misspelled. You can't do that I, anymore. No. <laughs> no. Now the AIs correct the spelling for them. Yeah. Um, and you, the only thing that, it, you know, there are there are tips and tricks that are out there. And again, we'll make sure to talk about that. Don't miss Craig's event because I think that one's going to be awesome to hit. I plan on hitting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't make sure you miss that one. So with that, Craig, I appreciate your time. I, I think you being here. So here's plug away. You've already done a couple, but replug them. Tell them where to go, where to find them. I'll put them in the notes afterwards and people get it. Okay. Um, I'll give probably two major plugs. One is um, just me as a speaker. Um, I do speak all, well, under normal times, I'm all over the country speaking at realtor events. So um, you're either your company, your association, whatever, if you're interested in a good speaker, either in person or virtual. Um, check me out. And my website for that is craiggrant.info. Uh, and then the other one is the uh, site I mentioned, RETI, which is reti.us. Uh, and RETI, if you have never checked it out, it's not just me. I have a team of five other national speakers that are all technology and marketing experts in the business. Uh, and we do those weekly webinars. Again, every Wednesday at three Eastern, we do webinars every single week. Uh, and then we also have on the site have over 2,500 instructional videos, product reviews, webinars, the CRM generator I talked about and a lot more. So the rest of the site's a membership. It's not very expensive, but you can get a, an account and have access to everything we do, not just those weekly webinars. Awesome. Again, Craig, I thank you. There's so much good information. And I always love it when I can do this and learn at least a couple of things. So yep, absolutely, man. Good talk. Thanks, with you. Craig. Yeah, bye. Yep. forget to find Craig at craiggrant.info or at reti.us. I really hope you enjoyed this session. If you want to hear more of these, subscribe to any of your favorite platforms. We're on YouTube. We're on, we have a private Facebook group called eProfessor of Real Estate. You can also find us in the podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, 
Pandora, all of them. We're on all the hits at this point in time. So please come find us, subscribe, and like. And even if you want, leave a review. Always love to hear those. So can't wait till we talk next time.